Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire from a single to a multi-unit empire? Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear and streaming in HD to find tune over your ears, and standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor, it's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proving concepts to start enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Huh, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchise. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, April 4th. We're already in the second quarter. We're starting to move strong. We've got some great guests lined up to you this quarter. And joining me back live uh, after a week on the road uh, is my co-host, Stan Friedman, live from Sin City. Stan, how are you? Hey, doing great, Paul. And, you know, what a, what a great thing it is to do, to, to have to miss a show last week because of something important that I was doing, and then to come back this week with the person Who's the reason that I missed the show last week? I brought it's 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 bringing a whole new dimension to bringing a note. You know, I didn't bring a note. <laughs> I brought the professor. <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell you. Yeah, he'll tell good. you where I was. <laughs> hey, yeah. Paul, it was a, it was quite an experience last week. Um, you know, I went with a vision in my mind down to Palm Beach at the uh, invitation of. Professor John Hayes to join the uh, advisory board of the Titus Center for Franchising. And I had a vision in my head of what this was going to look like. And I didn't hit anywhere near the watermark in my mind's eye of what I actually experienced. And I really am excited to have the professor with us today to talk more about what's going on down there. But Paul, Ray Titus is a guy I've known for, I don't know, 25 years. And if if I can think of one or two people that have lived the good, the bad, the ugly um, in, in growing and developing a franchise company and going through the bumps that, you know, sometimes founders go through. Ray is a second generation, but literally has lived his life in France. Not all of it was good, but Ray Titus has put his money where his mouth is, Paul, and he is paying it forward, and he is giving a gift to the world of franchising and what he's done and what he's invested in with the Titus Center to, um, to help others benefit from some of those things that he had to live through himself. If that's not the quintessential definition of what franchising is all about anyway, but Ray's taken it beyond his own business, and the Titus Center is going to turn out some incredible franchise talent um, especially because John Hayes is heading it up. So, yeah, what a week I had last week, and we're going to talk more about it through the hour, but I'm really proud to be a part of this, and I can't wait to see where John Hayes takes it. Thank you. Well, certainly um, we look forward to hearing you. We look forward to um, bringing Professor Hayes on uh, as our guest today. But before we do, uh, tell us where you're at right now and, uh, and give us some insight on how things are going out there. Well, I'm at Caesars Palace, and this is home base between now and the end of the week for the multi-unit franchising conference. I might point out that amongst those that are on John's esteemed advisory board are Gary Gardner and Therese Tilton, um, and we'll, we'll talk more about some of the others as well. But um, I'm 
here for the conference. I'm proud to sponsor the multi-unit conference. And Paul, I got to ask you, you know, you may or may not know this word, but I'm going to run it by you just for a, a gut check. Do you know the word Kiyoan? Mm, well, you're you're asking me that from Las Vegas, and I'm trying to think of all the beautiful women that I've met out there, and I don't recognize that name, so therefore I'd have to say I don't recognize the word. All right. I'm probably butchering this, but <laughs> Kayon. Kayon is Japanese. It's Japanese for feast. And last night ah. I attended a, a feast at the home of Marty and Cindy Greenbaum uh, out here in Henderson, Nevada, um, Marty just invited a couple hundred of his best friends. And, um, you know, for those that don't know, Marty's wife, Cindy, is Asian. She's Japanese. Her mom is an incredible, incredible cook. And with the help of a few of her friends last night, that kitchen was cooking. And let me tell you something. I ate food last night like I had to go look up the word kayoin so I could say thank you to the Greenbaum family for an incredible feast. Arigato. What a time we had last night. <laughs> yeah, that was and great. That's all I um, Marty had, yeah, Marty had uh, invited me, and I, I, I knew I was missing a, a, a feast. And uh, I know we've been there in the past, and that's just been uh, extraordinary. So thanks for sharing with everybody. A lot of people, you know, don't know what goes on behind the scenes in, uh, in all our lives, and and certainly this is something that Marty and his family bring to the table, and it is a, a, a great night for sure. I am definitely jealous I was not there. Bring to the table was a curious choice of words there, Paul. That was nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> there we have, uh, we have our moments, don't we? So what else Absolutely. is going on in the world of franchising? I mean, you're the one that's being out in front. Um where we at on some things? I, I, I know we had, you know, we talked about um, last week when you weren't with us um, about Jersey Mike's, uh, another great month of giving and day of giving last week. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, they're really uh, on the grill and they really do some great stuff. My hat's always off to uh, Hoyt and Peter Cancro and, and everybody else on the, uh, the Jersey Mike's team. Uh, just a, a, a tremendous, tremendous job. I mean, it actually had me um, kind of detour away from a, a Jersey, I mean, from a, a Jimmy John stop, uh, knowing that it was the day of giving and wound up at Jersey Mike's just so that I could uh, participate and, uh, and give a little back in my own, in my own way. And then also nice. uh, last week we had, uh, yeah, last week we, well, well, I had to do it for you too. I mean, last week you uh, you weren't eating your uh, your weekly Jimmy John's. This week you're not doing it as well. Uh, so we had to give a little bit to the competition there, and at least it went to uh, a good cause. Also, last week we had Jerry Hancock on, the, the founder of Sub-Zero Ice Cream, which is really an interesting conversation. Uh, Jerry called me afterwards um, with, with, I could tell, a tear in his eye because he hadn't gone that far back. Uh, to really talk about the, uh, the the journey that he had in, in taking, and I didn't even realize it, what was a failing franchise that him and his wife had bought into um, as a franchisee and their business was in the toilet, and that actually led to bringing in some additional revenue, and uh, and he was allowed to uh, to do so in order to bolster up his business, and that was really... Um, the thought process behind, you know, doing something that eventually led to uh, Sub-Zero Ice Cream, uh, as we know right now, a, a, a very fast-growing brand. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a great segue, Paul, into getting into today's guest, too, as you're going to introduce Dr. John Hayes in a minute. If there is anyone, you know, every week we talk about how franchising finds us, that none of us woke up one day saying, I'm going to start a career in franchising. And, the professor's story is probably one of the best I ever heard when you talk about somebody who literally backed into franchising, having no idea what it was all about and, and taking his career and launching it as he did. Um, maybe it's a good time for you to bring on the professor, Paul. What do you think? Yep. And, uh, and the way we titled it this week, you know, there's a franchise doctor in the house. Yes, there's a doctor in the house this week, franchise today. 
uh, as Dr. John P. Hayes will be joining us uh, to discuss his work at the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. We're looking for uh, Dr. Hayes to provide his perspective about assembling the advisory board that you talked about, Stan, and, and that you're now part of. Uh, as some of the best executives in franchising industry from across the country, uh, really like to understand, you know, his goal for this leadership team, the curriculum that he's spearheading, and just, you know, the great work that he's doing. Uh, but before we do, um, I, I'd like to just share a quote uh, that I found from from Dr. Hayes, and it says, "The opportunities are endless. If franchising makes sense for you, then it's a matter of finding." the right opportunity, and I think that's just uh, tremendous insight. Dr. Hayes, welcome back to Franchise Today. Well, thank you, Paul and Stan. Thank you for all those kind words. It's really great to talk about franchising on any day and particularly to be on your show. After that music uh, musical introduction, I didn't know if we were going to do rap talk when we uh, – when I finally got onto the show. <laughs> I don't know how to talk that's, and rap. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> another of my yeah, wonderful you know, it's, friends it's, it's, in the eclectic world. You know, it's, it's interesting because every time I, I, I listen to that, you know, I remember when Stan first brought that to me uh, uh-huh. from, from Badlands Booker, who's a competitive eater, <laughs> uh, who I'm really looking forward to meeting one of these days. But he's also a professional, you know, musician and rapper. And and Stan only gave him a little bit of insight. And what he did in a, in a minute, 20 seconds, to me, I, I mean, he, he, he encapsulated, you know, everything about franchising in such a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, so. tell us a little bit about, I mean, we, we know you just came out with uh, a, a new book. You, you've been an author of, of, of a couple of dozen, you know, books, mostly uh, uh, franchising. We know you've just come back from uh, an overseas stint in, in teaching franchising. And tell us, you know, this, this journey that led to, you know, the Titus Center. And, and, and what I'm basically referring to is take us back at a certain point in your life that started this trek over to where you are today. And then we'll take a deep dive into the, uh, the Titus center for franchising. Okay. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, Stan referenced this, that I was a uh, young in my twenties, uh, still working on my PhD at temple university, but I was the head of the magazine writing program. So I was a professor in the school of journalism in Philadelphia, and I thought, you know, I was going to write magazine articles and books for the rest of my life, and that was that's what I would do. And I didn't know the word franchising, and it was just by chance that the university offered me the opportunity to teach a Saturday morning uh, workshop uh, for adult education, and I said that I would like to teach uh, how to write a book to promote your business which at the time was not something I had done, but I've done many of those since. But at that time, uh, 1979, uh, I just knew that it was the thing to do, and I knew how to do it, but I'd never had the opportunity to do it. And the the funny thing about that course, it was $65, or I was going to make $65. I don't know what the admission was, but I I would get paid $65. It was a lot of money for a Saturday morning. 1979 and uh, the university called a week before and said good news and bad news okay well give me the bad news and that was nobody signed up for your course so you're not getting 65 dollars like well how can there be any good news the good news was three people wanted to be there couldn't be there because they had conflicts and they want you to call them about helping them write a book and i wrote a book with all three of those people where I got um, advance money from them from eight to $10,000 for each of these projects. And one of them was a guy who, when I called him, he said he was a franchisor. I had to scramble to find the dictionary to find that word because I'd never heard that word before. I didn't know, hardly knew. I knew McDonald's was a franchise. That's all I knew. And that I had no business background, no one in my family in business, never talked about franchising, so it didn't mean anything to me. 
but I eventually wrote the first book about how to buy a franchise, uh, probably in the world, but at least in America, uh, franchising the inside story, which came out in the early 80s. And I wrote that with franchisor John Kinch, who had a cooperative direct mail advertising uh, business. And again, you know, even though it took me six months to do the research, I interviewed 100 people with help from IFA uh, at the time, uh, talked to attorneys and franchisors and franchisees and money people. And uh, so I wrote the book and it was always, I was always writing it as, okay, this is just a book. This is one of many that I'm going to do. I'll never write about franchising again. But then after the book came out and I was asked to uh, promote it, um, the media said that uh, particularly radio and television programs would introduce me as the world authority on franchising. And I would laugh <laughs> thinking, well, that's fake news. <laughs> but you know, I, all I knew was what I heard collected through my research from about 100 and many influential people uh, in that book. But I didn't know anything about franchising, never worked for one, never owned one. I could hardly spell the word. I didn't know what it meant six months or a year earlier. But once I went on those programs and IFA excerpted the book, and I started getting calls from the franchise community, which was pretty small at the time compared. It's, it's at least it's probably twice the size today. It's maybe 2,000 franchise companies in the late 70s, maybe you know, close to 2,000. And they would call and say, could you write an operations manual? Well, yeah, I could. If I knew what it was, I could do it. And, you know, I figured out what it was. I read some. I said, okay, I can do this. Can you write our newsletter? Can you come and speak to our convention? Can you help our uh, franchisees get more publicity in local newspapers? And Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, one night playing cards with uh, friends of ours, the, the guy said to me, you know, you could, I, I, he asked what I was doing next week, and I told him you know, my busy schedule. And he said, you've got a business. I said, business? Man, I didn't even know what a business was. This was like 1985 <laughs> or so. And I had finished my Ph.D. and left the university because um, I, I was only making like $15,000 as an assistant professor of communications. I think they said, well, you're going to be promoted. I was going to make 18000 with my Ph.D., but oh boy. <laughs> I took, yeah, right. And I had taken a sabbatical and made $100,000 writing books and articles and doing other consulting work. So I said, well, I'll go back to a university. And this, this gets to the end of the story or gets to this part of the story. I will go back to a university when I can afford to be there, when I can afford to teach. It's horrible what most college professors uh, earn. So in, in, I could not in the 80s raise my family, take care of my family, have any time off um, being a college professor. I, I, I admire my friends who stuck with it and did it, and they do have great retirement funds. The universities uh, generally do that, and if you, they have a matching fund program, if you can take it. I could never take advantage of it because I needed every dollar uh, that I was earning. So I said I'll go back when I can afford to. And I could afford to in 2010, after a long career working as a franchisee and as a franchisor, and I went to Kuwait for seven years to teach at a private university, and I loved that. But I wasn't teaching franchising full-time, and that's what I think I'm meant to be doing, uh, at least spending, if I'm in the classroom or when I'm in the classroom, I should be teaching franchising, not marketing, not writing, even though I enjoy those topics as well, franchising is what I need to be teaching. And so while I was in Kuwait, uh, the sixth year that I was there, I got an email from Ray Titus, who Stan mentioned before, a great American and franchisor. He's done so much for people around the world to help them benefit from franchising. And Ray sent an email and said, I've endowed a franchise program at a small Christian university, Palm Beach Atlantic University, and it needs you. Um, but I know you want to be in Kuwait for 10 years um, because financially that was a good thing to do, to be in Kuwait for 10 years. But I was ready mm -hmm. to come back uh, by that time. And so I said, Ray, if, if um, you know, I can 
pass the provost and the president and whomever else, the faculty who I'd have to interview with. I would love a shot at doing this. And uh, so I came back about a year ago from Kuwait, got back in um, May, and started the Titus Center for Franchising in August. Uh, officially is when we launched it that, at the beginning of the fall semester. But they actually had hired me starting in January to create the curriculum for four, well, three courses primarily. The fourth course is an internship class. But I created the curriculum for the three core courses for students who can earn a concentration in franchising with their business degree. And there isn't any place, uh, the university says no place in Florida that offers that. But I, they, I think they're shy about saying there's no place anywhere that offers a concentration in franchising. At least we're not aware of. And there was just a big article this month in Entrepreneur Magazine called Franchise You. And it talks about the Titus Center and, and it says what I'm saying. You know, there, there are other places teaching franchising, but they're not doing what we're doing. And so that's how... You know, I, I've been at this since '79, uh, uh, working in franchising, thinking, writing about franchising, speaking about franchising, and it comes full circle to where uh, that's what I do full time in the classroom and in my work related to the uh, curriculum, and that is in building the Titus Center for Franchising. So before I turn it to Stan, who I know uh, wants to take a dive into. Uh, the Titus Center and, and obviously the events last week. Uh, I have a quick question. Uh, with respect to you, you know, teaching franchising, and I know you were teaching other things in Kuwait, how well received was the topic of franchising uh, in Kuwait? Very well received, not only in Kuwait, throughout the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, uh, the United Arab Emirates in particular. So what they figured out, and this was through no help of mine, those governments, uh, and, and everything is controlled by the governments in the Middle East. And um, so, you, you know, if you're a Kuwaiti, you get a monthly paycheck from the government, whether you work for the government or not, because you're a Kuwaiti you, and because you're an Emirati, um, or a Saudi, you, they all get paychecks. Education is free, medical is free, but they're running out of, uh, well, they're not running out of oil, they're running out of places to sell the oil at a high enough price, and that means for the future maybe those paychecks won't be available. So some of the thought leaders in those governments said, how do we empower the Emiratis, the Kuwaitis, etc.?" the Omanis, how do we empower them to do something to create jobs and create wealth and create their own businesses? And there were always funds. I mean, you could get a no-interest or low-interest loan for 30 years from the government to go start your shoe manufacturing business or whatever it was you wanted to do. The government would help you. Um, but now, in more recent years, they discovered franchising. And so I was constantly invited to conferences to teach the locals how to buy an American franchise or a British franchise, it didn't matter, German franchise, but also how to create their own franchises. And you know, if you look at the history of Mexico, 30 years ago, we were the big influencer on Mexicans in terms of franchising. We're all American brands. But today, that's flipped around. They don't need uh, Americans to come up with ideas in Mexico. The Mexicans have done a great job of developing indigenous uh, businesses. But in the Middle East, they need us. And they, you know, there, there is a guy in Kuwait who has to be the world's largest um, holder of master licenses for franchises. When I left, Mohammed El Shaya, a Wharton graduate, had something like 75 brands, most of them American, Cheesecake Factory, um, Texas Roadhouse, um, Pinkberry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they, they rely on America to show them how to build businesses and how to franchise. But 
they're learning as well uh, to the point that some of them uh, in the UAE and in Saudi, uh, I am having discussions with government leaders about the certified franchise executive program from the International Franchise Association that they want either to adopt that program or they want a similar program uh, of their own to so that the government can say, hey, we're, we're, we're willing to pay for your franchise education, but we want to make sure you get an education. And um, then you do something with it. You create businesses. And, and a lot of the locals have done this, and they want to franchise um, those businesses. And sometimes they create the business with the idea of franchising. So very well received, and they've got the money to put behind it, and the government is very active in helping people. If you're an Emirati and you say, I want to know how I can buy a franchise and what to do, which one to buy, and I'm going to need some money, some help, the government is right there um, to help. You're listening to Franchise Today, now in our ninth season of podcasting. I'm Stan Friedman, along with my co-host, Paul Segreto, and today we're speaking with the Dean of Franchise Education, Dr. John Hayes, Director of the Titus Center for Franchising, a presidential center of excellence housed within the prestigious Marshall E. Rinker's Senior School of Business at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach, Florida. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul and his team bring emerging brands to market and have been doing so for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchise or corporate team as well as their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry's team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about the Franchise Foundry and their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communications, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables franchisors to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is also simplified with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. No excuses, just solutions. FRM Solutions online at www.frmsolutions.com. John, yeah, I couldn't, I can't, I can't express enough how impressed I was last week with the assemblage of people that you've put together, and I know your original intent was maybe, you know, be a dozen or fifteen people on the advisory board, but I think there was a groundswell of of people who wanted to be engaged in this. I think more people probably outreached your way than you to them. Tell us a little bit about how all this came together and what some of the backstage looked like between Ray and you when this first correspondence came your way and how quickly you've been able to assemble such a, a massive professionals to bring this all to life. Well, shortly after I got on board here in West Palm Beach, Florida, at Palm Beach Atlantic University, I knew that we needed to develop our own advisory board, and we need the advisory board for their, their smarts, intelligence, their assistance. Uh, they are able to uh, guide us in ways that uh, I'm not going to be able to do that on my own or 
within my uh, core of business faculty at Palm Beach Atlantic University. So the Titus Center needs to have the input of professionals like Stan Friedman, for example, and Ray Titus and, and others who sat around my advisory board table uh, about a week ago. And you're right that I thought I could get maybe eight to ten or a dozen people to be committed to this because it's a commitment. You, you fly from wherever you are into uh, West Palm Beach, and while that's a, not a bad place to visit, particularly in the wintertime, it's still uh, a commitment. You, you were away most of last week, Stan. You're away again this week. So I, I don't take it lightly that everybody who showed up, even the local folks, who could drive in from uh, Fort Lauderdale or uh, from right in West Palm Beach, like Ray did, they had to give up uh, a good chunk of time. Uh, and in the future, they will as well. So I don't take this lightly at all. I, I am humbled by so many people who actually did seek me out and say, can I be on your board? And I wouldn't have thought to ask them because I thought, gee, they're way too busy. But we have been able to attract uh, people like uh, Tim Gannon, one of the founders of um, Outback. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got distracted. One of the founders of Outback Steakhouse uh, onto the board. Um, of course, Ray Titus is there. The International Franchise Association with uh, Mary Heitman. Doug Dwyer, who's one of the uh, younger sons of uh, of Don Dwyer, um, who founded the Dwyer Group, and Doug runs uh, owns now himself. It's not part of the Dwyer Group anymore, but he owns Dream Maker Bath and Kitchen. Um, so, so many people who we were able to assemble. Uh, Sandler Training is uh, represented uh, on the board, and I, I just looked at that group and thought, wow, uh, how was this possible to bring in uh, 40 luminaries in franchising to sit around our table and to help us build the Titus Center. And Ray was thrilled. Uh, he, his expectations were similar to mine. We'll get eight to ten people. Maybe most of them Ray would know or half of them would come because of Ray. And some of that happened, but uh, a whole lot more than that happened as well. Um, so that was a great outpouring of uh, – I guess mutual admiration is a good way to describe that. And I'm humbled by it and so thrilled that we have these people working in our behalf. It was a thrill for me to see so many of my friends around the table, and you've called out several, but Bill Edwards, Madison Job um, from Wingstop, uh, Tom Portese, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Henley, Tony Valley, Ken Hutchison. It was like being at an IFA convention. It really, really was. Yeah. And, yes. and so – the work that's going to be done, I want to talk about two prongs that I want you to express to the audience, John, because what I came out of that meeting with was excitement and enthusiasm for a, a young uh, generation of people that are going to come up through the coursework that are enrolled, enrolled in the university. Um, and you can talk about how that number has already begun to, to spin and grow. But two, we're going to be providing education and information to existing franchisees and with the help of MFV there are going to be extensions of programming at the university or in South Florida maybe attached to Franchise Expo South so we're not only going to grow uh, a young new generation of educated franchise professionals but we're going to be rendering some help and assistance to existing franchisors too aren't we? Absolutely, yes. That's a big part of uh, our mission here. We want to empower people, whether they're college-age students or they're already professionals in a business that has nothing to do with franchising, but they'd like to franchise it, as well as professionals who are working in franchise companies but need to advance, want to advance up the ranks, and they need more education. So the Titus Center is a hub of excellence for that education at every level. I learned of an expression that something I hadn't heard until you talked about it last week. Uh, the words were endowed professor. Um, 
Talk about that. How how rare is that? Well, within universities, there are frequently endowed chairs that are filled by professors who generally have spent a career in their discipline and mastering the subject matter. And so the university will go out and look for that professor to bring in and to hold that chair, so to speak. But as you go from university to university, there, there may be no endowed chairs because no one has endowed a chair. We're very fortunate at this small university, which sits right here on the intracoastal and is in downtown West Palm Beach. What a beautiful place uh, to spend four years or more of your college education. You can spend more if you want to come and get a graduate degree as well. Uh, this, this is a, a beautiful setting, and but 4,000 students, so you wouldn't expect – I think I was the third endowed chair, the third professor to receive an endowed chair, I think uh, either the third or the fourth, but we have another one coming. Well, that's unusual for this size of a university. Uh, so, you know, there, you, you would expect to find many endowed chairs at a Harvard and a Yale, for example, and there are, but you don't expect that at a small private Christian university like Palm Beach Atlantic. So we're blessed to have that. We have the endowed chair because Ray Titus, a couple of springs ago, in working with the university, and one of his sons is a graduate of the university, and uh, Bill, uh, Bill Ray Titus was uh, talking to Bill Fleming, the president of uh, the university, uh, about things that they could do in common, and one of Ray's challenges as a franchisor and it's true for every franchisor where do i find talent and not only where do i find talent to hire in my company but where do i find people who know anything about franchising and let's put aside whether they want to buy a franchise we're talking about people who want to work in the marketing and on the management side and on the sales side and on the training side where do i find those people who have a franchise education? Well, pretty much no place. There, there, there are a few other universities teaching a course or two on franchising, and one uh, in Michigan with a major in franchising, but you know they're not producing enough students, and they were not here in Florida where Ray wanted to recruit uh, young folks, and he wanted to recruit them because we get at Palm Beach Atlantic a quality uh, student here from around, not just from Florida, but from around the country. So Ray was willing to put up the money to say, okay, uh, I'll provide money for a chair in franchising to have a professor come in and begin a program where college students learn about franchising. And so they exit four years later with a bachelor's degree in marketing, but they have a concentration in franchising. Well, Ray's going to hire that person. But not only Ray wants to hire that individual, there were 40 people sitting around the table at that advisory board Half of them are um, folks, franchisors or franchisees or suppliers who need a marketing graduate who knows about franchising. So um, that's how this came about, and that's what the endowed chair is about. And I am uh, blessed to be sitting in this endowed chair at Palm Beach Atlantic. Well, I couldn't think of a better person, uh, quite frankly, John, than uh, than you, you to Paul. sit in that Thank chair. So, uh, Thank you. I mean, that's that's a genuine thought there. Um, from the outside looking in, because I wasn't there last week, um, and I'm listening to you talk about, you know, a um, you know a course uh, with a um, you know a concentration in franchising and. First, I mean, who wouldn't want to be in West Palm Beach if my alternative right. was Michigan? Uh, I'm sure there are parts of Michigan that are beautiful, but not in the wintertime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that being said, you know, what is – explain a little bit about what the progression is through the, the curriculum of, of, of the basics to where they end up. And I hear you said, you know, marketing – with a uh, with a concentration in franchising, but of course, as we know, there's so many different aspects of franchising. I know over the years, people have kind of deflected the notion that 
well, you can't have a major in franchising because it's really management, it's really operations, it's really marketing, it's now IT, it's all of that, you know, combined. So give us some insight as to what the four-year progression would be, where they start, and, and what they know when they come out. Sure. Well, we do not have a major or a minor in franchising, and not because we think, well, you know, it's just marketing or management, as many business schools think. You know, but that's like going um, to, a, to a general physician when you need a heart uh, specialist you know, or a brain specialist because franchising, and I don't know, this is difficult. I'm speaking, speaking to the, to the uh, choir, but you know, people who aren't familiar with what happens in a franchise or never worked in one or operated one as the CEO – they don't know there are many things that occur within the marketing department of franchise company that are specific to franchising. And how do you learn that unless you have the opportunity to study it? So a lot of academics, and this is part of why business schools don't offer franchising. They think, well, you know, that's entrepreneurship, marketing, management. We'll, we'll, we'll have a section on franchising in those courses. Well, that's great. At least they do that. But many don't even do that because they, they, and, and who teaches it? I mean, you know, when you're, okay, um, you're the entrepreneurship professor, we now want you to teach a course in franchising. Well, there's a big debate as to whether entrepreneurs are any good as franchisees, for example. Do franchisors really want the entrepreneur as a uh, franchisee? Generally, you know, the answer is no, particularly if, uh, if they're extreme entrepreneurs. But what our students get is a solid education in business, whether it's finance, accounting, marketing, or management. And right now, our marketing and our management majors, but the other two, accounting and finance, are asking about this as well. Marketing and management majors are able to concentrate in franchising. Twelve of their credit hours will be in franchising. That's four courses. One of them is an internship at a franchise company. And, of course, you know they're going to get a great education uh, mm-hmm. going out and working with whether it's United Franchise Group or one of their franchisees or TBC Corporation, which is on our board. Uh, there's five brands in the automotive industry. Um, big O Tires is one of their big brands. So if they go to work at their headquarters, you know they're going to get uh, a great education. We have a Sloan's Ice Cream, which is a small new franchise company only started in the last few years and they are offering an internship program. So we have food and non-food franchise businesses um, that are already offering companies that are already offering internships for us. And some of our suppliers want to offer internships to our students as well. And they're not all in West Palm beach. They're starting to spread out across the country. The other three courses are the core courses. So they begin with principles of franchising. And this is an overview, a freshman level, sophomore level course where you're getting an introduction, the A to Z's of franchising. What is it? What's it all about? How is it regulated? How is it different? If you, if you have a degree in marketing, how does that work? Where is that applicable in franchising or in franchise businesses and management? The same thing. So they get a great uh, A to Z introduction to franchising, including how to buy one and how to start one, at least the basics. Uh, I bring in lawyers, franchisors, franchisees, money lenders come into the classroom to talk about um, all the various components that we know exist in franchising. That course alone um, Many students would love that course across America, but they're not going to get it other than at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Then they move into the franchise case studies. It's called Franchise Creative Ventures. But most of the course is built on true case studies, but we change the facts because for privacy purposes, uh, we, we sure. change names and we use a fake company. I've had a local attorney who's on my um, advisory board as well, who came in and presented two cases to my students that were real cases, but of course he changed all the details. And uh, knowing that these are real, and we're not making this up, 
this is what happens in franchising that does not happen in other kinds of uh, business. And then I have uh, other franchisors and franchisee uh, specialists who will come in and present their case. So students are then given a case in writing or it's presented to them orally, and then they meet in teams, and sometimes they have to do the work individually. How are you going to solve this problem? And they don't solve problems as lawyers or as bankers because that's not what they're studying. They're solving, usually these cases are marketing and management related. And so they have an opportunity to, to solve the case. But then we also have the opportunity for the lawyer who presented the case to come and talk about how it actually was resolved by the company. Or the franchisor, Ray Titus, spoke to this class uh, last week before the advisory board meeting. And Ray can come in and say, here's the case, uh, here were the options, here's what I did. And, uh, wow, where, where are you going to get that kind of uh, education? And then the third course is franchise management and operations. And this is really the nitty-gritty of now you're creating a franchise company. And what are all the components? You as the owner, the CEO of that business, you're the franchisor. What are all the components that you're going to have to uh, account for? So now I go and I uh, look at a lot of the existing literature. Uh, William Rosenberg, founder of Dunkin' Donuts, wrote a terrific book. And uh, while we won't read the entire book, parts of that book. Same with Monaghan's book at Domino's, where they uh, – so numerous franchisors, as we know, have written these books about telling their story and – so I want my uh, students to, there are chapters of these books that, you know, how did Monaghan solve this marketing issue or this management issue? How did Rosenberg, how did Kemmons Wilson do it uh, with Holiday Inn? And, and in Kemmons' case, I don't think there is a Kemmons Wilson book, but I interviewed Kemmons Wilson when he was 85 years old and have great stories uh, from him about, he, it, when he was 85, he still owned 50 businesses. They weren't all franchised. But. So I have a wealth of information that, that I teach the students. And of course, I was a franchisor. I was the CEO of Homevestors and on the board at Dwyer Group and on the board at Homevestors. So I have that background. But then again, I tap in to the community. So I need the uh, president of a franchise company. Well, I got them on my board. They're, they're available to come and speak. And so that's, those are the courses that they complete when they do that they earn the concentration that's very i mean it's very very interesting and fascinating i'm, I'm thinking here you know to myself wow uh, i wish i had you know access to that you know early on in my 35 year career in yeah. franchising because it definitely was a lot yeah. of you know trial and error but it also made me start to think about you know wow uh, there's there's a lot of people in in franchising today uh, that would benefit uh, from this type of, of, of information sharing and, and, mm -hmm. and education. I mean, it's just, you know, phenomenal. Do you ever see it going beyond, you know, a four-year program and, and, and maybe offered to, uh, to individuals that are not looking to, you know, matriculate through a, a formal education program? Yes, two things going on there. And then I, I want to remember, um, at some point I want to, to uh, talk about 12 amazing franchise opportunities. <laughs> Not that I don't love talking about the Titus Center, but I want to make sure that I do that um, as well if we have that opportunity. But because of the advisory board, because of the uh, article in Entrepreneur this month, uh, because of some of the conversations I've had with advisory board members with, and with the IFA, uh, I want to I'm speaking now within the business school here at Palm Beach Atlantic about how do we offer the program at the graduate level to our MBA students and to our master's degree students. How do we offer some franchise education to them? Some of them are requesting it. Uh, I am going to teach a summer course, special topics in marketing that will be about franchising to the uh, graduate program. So, and, and those courses will most likely be taught online as well because there's great demand for that, which makes it possible for a student living anywhere in the world to uh, enroll mm -hmm. in our 
in our master's level uh, courses. But then we're also offering, uh, particularly for professionals and particularly for those who are certified franchise executives or want to be, we, are, we just got approved by uh, the International Center for Franchise, Executive, for Franchise Education. We got um, approval for our Selling Franchises Boot Camp, which we will launch here in January 2019, a two-day boot camp dedicated to um, the sales of marketing and sales of franchises with some top-notch faculty, people who are not normally on faculty, in fact, uh, or who don't appear at seminars and conferences who will be engaged in that two days of education. And then we're developing a leadership program for the mid-level manager in franchising who wants to know how to go from manager to the next level, whether it's director level, vice president level, uh, how to move into the C-suite. So there's a great demand for that among professionals as well. Now, those seminars are at this point, not online. They could be at some point because there's a lot of CFE programming that is online. But these two, um, each, each of these that I've described are two-day programs that we will teach, uh, one in January. Uh, the other is scheduled for uh, sometime in March. The leadership is scheduled for March at Palm Beach Atlantic University. So that's how we'll bring, we, we will, and, and through the advisory board, I'm looking for, other topics that people like Paul Segreto, for example, would like to enroll in or needs to know or needs to be developed or uh, you, Stan, uh, others like you who I hear from say, why is there not a program on this? And one of the things that I'm looking for is I don't need to teach the program. I want to orchestrate it and bring in the um, the pros in those disciplines um there are lots of issues you know the joint employer uh issue i think ifa probably has that pretty well covered but i still in the last week since our advisory board meeting two of the advisory board members said why don't we have a session on uh joint employer issues okay well uh, you know we could if there's demand for it that's what i need to know John, we've got a few minutes left, and we don't want to take um, we don't want to give you anything less than a full opportunity to tell the audience a little bit more about some of your publications about the recent book and and more about how beyond this hour you can be found and where people can go to learn more sure. both about you, about you, your books and and the Titus Center. Sure, great. Thank you. Uh, easy to find me because uh, if you go to uh, Titus Center at Palm Beach Atlantic University, you'll find our presence uh, online very easily, and uh, that's the place uh, to get me. And you could, there's a contact form on our website at Titus Center that um, people can easily use to contact me, and I'm happy to see people doing that frequently. And uh, so um, I'm uh, available to people for whatever reasons they need to talk about franchising. And then what about the books? So the, the most recent book is 12 Amazing Franchise Opportunities, uh, which very quickly uh, went to the top of the list on Amazon. It hit number two shortly after it was published. And this is the second edition of this book. So uh, with the exception, I think, of uh, one company, Fast Signs, that was in my original uh, book. I think the other um, 11 um, are new to the second edition. So this was an idea that I had come up with some many years ago. I thought that, you know, franchise or you, if you have a book to promote your business, it is going to perform better than a brochure, uh, a website. You got to have the website as well. You got to have a brochure. There are things that you, tools that you have to have. But when you give someone a book, they're going to pay attention. They might not read the book. They'll page through the book. They also won't throw it away. It's going to sit there, uh, you know, franchising the inside story, even though it was published in the 80s. I still get people who bring it to me and say, I've had this and for all these years. I'd like you to sign it. And, uh, or I walk into somebody's office and there it is. People don't throw away books. So I, in, in every franchisor, particularly when they're getting started, they can't necessarily 
write a book or they can't afford to do that, but they could afford to participate in a cooperative book like the 12 Amazing Franchise Opportunities series where a franchisor, if they can pass some initial uh, questions that we're going to ask them in a form that they fill out uh, about, they've got to have some kind of an amazing story. And everybody does um, to an extent, but it's got to be a legitimate amazing story, and particularly one that I would want to have represented in the book. And by pooling uh, their money, these companies pay $5,000 to be part of the book, then that gets used to promote the book, which helps these companies uh, generate leads. And in addition to the stories of the 12, half the book or so um, is um, material that I provide on 17 steps to buying a franchise or how to get the money to fund your franchise, Um, foreign investors, how they can get a green card uh, with the EB-5 program that is so popular in franchising, Uh, how to succeed using a franchise broker, lots of solid education, beginning with are you a good fit for franchising, because people need to know that right from the beginning. So this book came out uh, and has done well. It's both in, uh, it's currently as an e-book, which downloads automatically from Amazon.com. It's also a paperback. It'll soon be out as an audio book. And this is where people can learn about Camp Bow Wow, which uh, there are so many reasons why Camp Bow Wow is an amazing story. Or Expresso Delight, which is built out in Australia and now coming to the United States. Usually it's the other way around. Well, I think that's mm-hmm. an amazing story that they've done so well. Uh, Office Pride is in Florida and Restoration One and Lime painting, that young man, a college student, needed a way to pay for his college, created a business that he's turned into a franchise uh, at Lime Painting, now based in Colorado. And, you know, there are 12 of these stories that um, uh, I think people will find entertaining and may say, hey, I think I might be interested in that, and that's what they do. Then they directly contact the franchisor for more information, and that's how it works. So it's been a, a great vehicle for franchisors and for people who want to buy a franchise. John, I wish we had another. I wish we had another hour, but we don't. I can't thank you enough mm-hmm. for everything that you're doing and for carving out an hour to share with our audience more about you, your books, and the wonderful work you're doing down in South Florida and for franchising in general. John Hayes, thank you so much for being with us today. On franchise today. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Paul. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely, Stan. Uh, wow, chock full of information. You know, certainly we could spend uh, another couple of hours with the likes of Dr. Hayes, uh, without a doubt. Um, just you know, tremendous, tremendous information. I mean, you know, it's it's some of what you know we we've scratched the surface with, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show. This is our ninth year on Franchise Today, and I often think of the the many uh, aspiring franchisors that have come over to us, uh, come to us over the years and said, you know, thanks for, you know, providing a platform for all these people to share information because that's what we use to, you know, learn about franchising. That's what we used actually to uh, help start our franchise and now having a program like this down in South Florida, Titus Center for Franchising. I mean, it's just, you know, absolutely tremendous, long overdue. And as I said, I couldn't think of anybody better than Dr. Hayes to uh, spearhead this. And certainly without the generosity of of Mr. Titus, uh, certainly that wouldn't be the case today. Dittos to all of that, Paul. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, and is exemplified today in this great, great thing we call franchising. Franchise today is out. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever the passion lights that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire. 
from a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear. It's streaming in HD to fine tune both your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor. It's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Proving concepts to start enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, franchise.